Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we come to you to hear your word, and I pray that you speak to us this morning. We want to hear from you, and so God, I pray that I speak your truth accurately, that I speak it without my opinions, that I don't try to put my spin on, on anything, Lord, but this is just truly your word being brought forth. I pray that it changes us, that, that our hearts are prepared to hear it this morning, and, and we walk away with, with real meat to eat, Lord God, and that, that we walk away changed. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So we're going to continue on. Ooh, that was my fault. I shouldn't have moved like that. I think I'm just going to take this coat off because it seems to be causing a lot of trouble. Yeah, no, I'm the man in black this morning. I'm Johnny Cash. We're going to continue on talking about the Lord's Prayer. And we started this last week. And, and really the goal of this was I challenged you guys that... With this year of, of this time of year, with New Year's resolutions and all that stuff, I said, can one of your resolutions be to pray every day, to steal some time every single day to pray? And I, and I kind of said, you're going to have to steal it because we all have that built-in excuse of I don't have time. And so I said, you're going to have to put on a little your bandit cap and you're going to have to steal some time for yourself to pray. And I know it's easy to think, well, I don't know how to pray. That's really intimidating. So we're going through the Lord's Prayer because this is where Jesus taught us how to pray. And he specifically said, don't let this become an intimidating thing. Don't try to pray impressively. Don't try to show off with how you pray. Pray simply, and I'm going to teach you just how to do it. And I thought, man, I don't even need to teach it. I can just tell you what Jesus said. And that's what this is, is this is hopefully giving you guys the tools to where if you've never prayed daily before, you know exactly how to do it. And, and it's not this scary, unknown thing. It's something very simple that you can access. Or if you've had daily prayer time and it's gotten a little stagnant, this might be a new way for you to approach it. So last week, we kind of just started with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, which is basically just, I treat your name as holy. I have reverence and awe and wonder for who you are. And we just talked about starting your day every day with allowing yourself to be in awe of who God is, to have true reverence and fear for who God is. And not fear of punishment, but true just awe at the immensity and the sovereignty and the power and the glory of who God is and how that, that kind of shakes you to your core, which sounds uncomfortable. But what's so important about that is when you're shaken by God, you're not shaken by everything else that the world is going to throw at you during the day. So it's your way to start and say, I'm going to choose to willingly fear something that I should fear. And again, not in the fear of punishment, but in the true awe and wonder and reverence. So that way, nothing else can make me feel that way for the rest of my day. And so we start with just to, to have a daily prayer time. Just start with just God. Give Show me a reason for me to have reverence and awe and wonder for you because we said God is always doing amazing things in our life. Our job is to look and pay attention. And so every day we pause to pay attention to the awesome things that God is doing in our life. So today we're going to continue on with the next verse. And this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And this is what it says. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, you guys have probably heard this your whole life. You probably memorized this in some way as a kid, but have you ever actually stopped to say, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do with this? What am I actually praying for when I pray this? And so we have to just break this down. Basically, this verse, if you look at it, there's, there's kind of two nouns in this verse. And there's two verbs in this verse that talk about what we are praying to have happen. So, so the two nouns that we're talking about is kingdom and will. Those are the two nouns in this sentence. God, we're, we're, we're praying to your kingdom and we're praying to your will. And the two verbs are to come and to be done. And so we need to understand what we are talking about when we say these words. So let's start with the verbs of this verse. To come and to be done. What's really interesting is that they both mean very, very similar things. They, they might not sound like it. You might say to, to come somewhere and for something to be done don't seem like the same word. But really they are because they both refer to to arrive somewhere, for something to be brought from one location to another, from something to be taken from one reality to another. Even that, that phrase, to be done, doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a chore. It means that you're moving something from one location to another. And so for both of these verbs, this is what we're looking at, is, is to move something, for something to arrive, that process of you guys know when it's Thanksgiving or Christmas time and you have a, a freshly baked pie and you got to drive it somewhere, that stress of we got to get it there, right? It's nice, it's beautiful, it's perfect. Is it going to arrive there? Are we going to get this finished? Are we going to, is it going to be done? Because you're not really done until it's arrived. No matter how perfect it is at the start, can we get it there? These are the, the verbs that we're looking at. This is what we're praying for when we pray Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, or your, if you're reading out of the NIV. And, and basically what we can see in these verses and, and throughout the New Testament, as Jesus talked, is that both of these two things, God's will and God's kingdom, exist in heaven. That's why it says on earth as it is in heaven, meaning these are already existing in heaven. And what we're praying for what we're, what we're asking God to do is to move those things from heaven to earth. Allow us on earth to experience these things that already exist in heaven. Does that make sense? We're praying for them to move to earth. We, we see um, this same word used when John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. So John the Baptist came before Jesus and he was kind of preparing people for Jesus, but he, he preached so strongly that some people thought like he was the big deal, like, like you're the big prophet. They started following him as if he were the, the person who was going to really change things. And this is what John says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And what he was pointing to is this idea that Jesus is going to come. He already exists in heaven. Jesus said before Moses was, I am. 
Jesus already existed, but he moved from heaven to earth. That is that process that we are praying for, for God's will and God's kingdom. Lord, we know it exists. We know it's there. Would you move it from heaven to earth? That's what we're praying for. So those are the verbs in this verse. But now let's look at the nouns in this verse so we can really understand it. So we understand what we're praying to happen. Move it from heaven to earth. That's our prayer. But the two things we're praying for are God's will and God's kingdom. That's what we're saying. God, move it from heaven to earth. So let's start with God's will because that one's pretty easy to understand is God's will means his desire, what he thinks is right, what he thinks is just. What he desires to happen is God's will. That's pretty easy to understand. And we understand that in heaven, God's will is done. And we're saying, God, move that here to earth. Do you know that that is what Jesus said he came to earth to do? This is John chapter 6, verse 38. He says, for I have come down from heaven. Again, that's Jesus came from heaven to earth, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And if I were to ask you, why did Jesus come to earth? You might say, well, to forgive us of our sins, for salvation, to testify to the truth. And all of these things are true. But if you back up far enough, all of those things are God's will. That was the desire of the Father. And if you back up far enough, Jesus was able to say, I can sum this up really easily. I came from heaven to earth so that God's will would be done. That's why he's like, I do what the Father wants because God's will, my Father's will, is what's important. He's basically saying, I came to earth to move the will of the Father from heaven to earth. That's why I'm here. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that's what we're praying every day. God, I want your will to be moved from heaven to earth. I think that's good. How many of you guys would say that that would be a good thing if God's will came to earth? Because it's easy to like look around the earth and be like, this is not God's will. What's going on in the earth? There's so many things that we're like, this isn't right. This isn't good. And so we're saying, God, your will is right. Your will is good. I know in heaven it's there. Would you move it to earth? That is what we're praying for. But here's where it gets a little tricky because it's easy to pray, God, let your will be done. And in your heart say, God, you go ahead and do your thing, right? God, you, you do what you want and I'll pray for it, but then I'm done, right? My part in this is done because I prayed, God, do your will. And now I can go about my business and, and you just take care of it. But here's where this is actually a dangerous prayer to pray. I guess dangerous if depending on where you're standing. Because do you guys know that oftentimes for both of these nouns, God's will and God's kingdom, God likes to use us as a, I'll use the word, as a layover for it to come to earth. You guys ever get hit with a layover where you are flying somewhere and you, you don't go right there. You take a stop somewhere else and then you go the rest of the way. Oftentimes when it comes to God's will, and God's kingdom, he wants to actually go through his people for his will to be moved from heaven to earth. And that's why this is 
a dangerous prayer to make because when you say, God, your will be done on earth, you're saying, God, you're allowed to use me for your will to be done on earth. That's a little different than God, just do your thing. I pray that, that what you think is right happens and now I'm gonna go about my day. It's another thing to pray, God, I understand that you're gonna want to use me and use my life to have your will be done. We talked about the body of Christ a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna bring you back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. This is what it says. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Do you know what it means to be the body of Christ? It means that he as the head uses us to do his will. Now, does God still miraculously do his will apart from us? Yep, he does. He, I've seen it where it's just this miraculous thing, but I've also seen oftentimes that God's desire is for his will to be done through his people. That's one of the, the amazing things about salvation is, is we, were, we were these lost sinners and not only did he give us the means of salvation, but he wants to actually allow us to be used for his will and his kingdom. And that's why this prayer, God, let your kingdom come on earth. You're understanding that oftentimes it's going to come through you, which means you have to allow his will and his kingdom to come into your life first. But before we get to that, let's talk about the kingdom because we talked about God's will and that's a little bit easier. This idea that, okay, this is God's will. This is what he thinks is right. But it also says your kingdom come. And that, that's a little bit more confusing. And so if you look at this word kingdom at, at, its, at its basic sense, when, when you look at something being a kingdom, it, it means the realm in which a king sovereignly rules. That's the basic definition of this word kingdom. Is it is, it's a defined area in which there's a king that says, I rule this area. And when you have that, you have a kingdom. And this idea of God's kingdom is hard to understand. It was hard for the Pharisees to understand. It was hard for his disciples to understand. And Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God and his kingdom and the kingdom he wants to bring. So we need to make sure we understand that because even Pilate, when he was judging Jesus, when before Jesus was crucified, Pilate was trying to figure out what Jesus meant by his kingdom and he was questioning him. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So again, we have this idea that, that his kingdom is in heaven. That's what the Bible tells us. And everybody, when Jesus was on earth, when he would talk about his kingdom, they thought he was going to build a physical kingdom on earth. Because at that time, the Romans were ruling over the Jewish people and they gave them a little bit of, of freedom to lead themselves religiously. But as far as taxes and government goes, the Romans were just really abusive 
to the Jewish people. And they thought their Messiah was going to come and defeat the Romans and build an earthly kingdom. So everyone was waiting for Jesus to try to defeat the Romans so that he could build an earthly kingdom. And he had to continually correct them and say, that's not the kingdom that I'm talking about. This is not an earthly kingdom, at least right now, that you should be looking at. And what he was trying to say is, is that everybody wanted him to kind of make a kingdom out of nothing here on earth, build it from the ground up. And Jesus said, I already have a kingdom. My kingdom is in heaven. I don't, I don't need to start from scratch. What I'm trying to do is move that kingdom down here on earth, but it's not a physical kingdom. This is what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Luke, and you have to understand his disciples were also here, so he was kind of talking to both of those groups. And this is what he said in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. This is what he's trying to explain to them, is that this kingdom, at least right now, is not a physical kingdom. This is a kingdom that's being built in his people. And that's why, again, it's a dangerous prayer to say, your kingdom come, because guess where it's going to come through? It's going to come through his people. That's his desire for it. And it's as much as we are surrendered to his kingdom is as much as his kingdom is going to be shown here on earth. It was built in the hearts of his people. And he desires, this is the good news, is that he desires to give you his kingdom. This is what Luke chapter 12, verse 32 says. It says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And so let me make this really simple because I know that sometimes we can get lost in all of these words, kingdoms, and all that. Basically, Jesus was saying, If in your hearts God is sovereign, if he rules in your hearts, then you have the kingdom because that's what a kingdom is. It is a, a, an area in which a king has sovereignty. So in as much as Jesus' people are surrendered and allow him to be in charge of their life is the amount that his kingdom is shown here on earth. This is again why we need to understand what we're praying for when we say your kingdom come on earth is we understand that's taking on a responsibility of us giving over control to God because that's what brings the kingdom into our life. And not only do we need to allow the kingdom to be in our life and for him to be ruling in our life, but then we were, we're supposed to do something with it. This is how the kingdom is brought to earth. So you might not know this, but while Jesus was on earth, he actually sent his disciples out while he was still alive. And he sent them, he gave them power to do miracles. And this is what he said in Luke chapter 9, verse 2. It says, And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Again, this is how the kingdom of God comes into the world, is we as his people allow it first to come into our lives by giving him control, giving him sovereignty over our lives. And then 
we proclaim it to the world. This is how his kingdom comes. We are the body of Christ. So when we say, Lord, let your will and your kingdom come, we understand that that most likely is going to come through us, which is why that is kind of a dangerous prayer, but dangerous in the best possible way because we understand our call. We understand what we are supposed to do. We are called to move the kingdom of God from heaven to earth by first receiving it into our lives and then bringing it into the world. So we first have to say, God, your will gets to be in control of my life. And I hand you over sovereignty. And sovereignty just means what you say goes. That's what the word sovereignty means. So that's what makes a kingdom, is there's a defined area in which a king has the power of what I say goes. That's a kingdom. So for God's kingdom to come into our life, what we say is, okay, my life, that's a defined area. God, what you say goes in my life. And now your kingdom is in my life because you are in control of my life. And now I can proclaim that kingdom and bring that kingdom out into the world. That's a little different than maybe you thought it was to pray, yeah, God, let your will be done. Yeah, God, bring your kingdom into the world. It's a little different when you understand the process of how it gets into the world. It's through us. And this is why it's so important to pray daily. Because if the kingdom is not in our life, if we are not allowing God to be sovereign and in control of our life, we have nothing to bring into the world because it has to come to us first. And so I want to bring this to our daily prayer life. What does this have to do with our daily prayer life? And how can we learn how to use this every single day? Because it's incredibly important. First, these are some questions that I ask every day. So, so here's, here's what I've been doing. I go and I find a quiet place. And I first say, God, show me what you're doing in my life that I can just be in awe of. God, give me the true reverence and wonder for who you are. And I, and I spend a few minutes on that. And there's always something amazing going on in my life. And then I move and I start asking myself some of these questions. Lord, how can I hand over rule and authority to you? What in my life is based on my own will? And what do I need to have your will be in control of? What are your desires for me today. And I just start to think on that. And you'll be surprised if you humbly go before God how much you are still doing because of your will, what you think is right, versus truly surrendering that over to God and saying, God, you have full control over my life. What you say goes in my life. Because that's the only way that his kingdom is in your life is if he has sovereignty in it. And then what I'll start to do, and this is where it gets fun, is I'll actually look at my schedule. I'll go, what do I got going on today? And I'll say, Lord, in my schedule today, how can I proclaim your kingdom? Or how can I bring your kingdom into this? And I'll get real specific with it. You know, and I, I did that this morning. Okay, God, you're giving me a microphone in front of people and we're live streaming. God, I want to proclaim your kingdom today. I want your kingdom 
to be moved from heaven to earth today. How do I do that? Show me what that looks like. And I just take a minute to think through my day in terms of his kingdom. And I just say, what's your will throughout my day today? Now, you might be like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that is that important. Hopefully you don't. But let me tell you, just like last week where I said this will impact your life because if you're truly affected by who God is, you're not going to be affected by everything else nearly as much. In the same way, this has a massive impact on our life because what happens is it changes your focus from getting certain results every day. How do I win today? How do I succeed today? How do I, how do I further my kingdom today? And instead, it allows you to just go, how do I bring the kingdom of God into my life today? And it puts the pressure on God's kingdom instead of your kingdom. And it's a much, much better way to go throughout your day. Because what you're doing is you're putting the pressure back onto God and saying, God, today all the results have to come from your kingdom. And all I'm gonna worry about is, is bringing your kingdom into the world. And now the pressure isn't on me to get anything done, to get certain results done. The pressure is back on God. And do you guys know that God likes it when you do that? God does not mind it when you put the pressure back on him and say, Lord, everything good that happens today is going to be because of your kingdom. So all I put on myself is to let your kingdom rule in my life and then bring that kingdom into every situation that I walk into. And everything else is going to be up to the power of your kingdom to make happen. And you remind yourself that this isn't your kingdom anyways. You know, in other translations, the, the Lord's Prayer ends with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And in, in Matthew, in the translation we're using, it doesn't have that. But it's still this idea of, it's so nice to be able to, at the end of your prayer, go, none of this is mine anyways, right? We spend so much of our lives trying to build our own kingdoms, trying to advance things. And, and it's, it's good to work hard and it's good to save and it's all those things. But the pressure that comes with always trying to further our kingdom, always trying to build our kingdom higher, it gets to us. And to remind yourself every day, this isn't your kingdom. None of this belongs to you anyways. Ecclesiastes tells us that. No matter how much you build, eventually you're going to die, and it's probably going to get given to someone who has no idea how to keep it up anyways. The Bible literally says that. This, none of this is yours. You're not going to be able to hold on to any of this. And to daily remind yourself, it's not about my kingdom. It's not about what I'm building. It is about me bringing the kingdom of God into the world and to, to let go of all of the stress and the pressure of everything else and say, today, if all I do is allow God's kingdom to rule in my life and bring that into the world as I walk through my day, then you're doing what you're called to do and God's kingdom will do the rest. God's kingdom has the power to do the rest. That is why this is so important it reminds us that all we're called is to be good stewards of God's kingdom. And that is a much, much less pressure and anxious-filled way to live your life. And that's what I just want to ask you. How would your life be different 
if that's how you lived it every day? How would your life be different if you didn't feel the pressure to get results? You didn't feel the pressure to build your kingdom? You didn't feel the pressure to keep growing everything that you're building and instead truly said, God, all I put on myself to do today is to let your kingdom rule in my life and for, to bring that kingdom everywhere that my feet step. Everywhere I go today, your kingdom's coming with me and it's gonna spill out over everybody I meet today and that's all the pressure I put on myself. How would it change your life? How would it change your, your thought life? How would it change how you live every day? Because I know for me, it makes a huge, huge difference. So as we close today, I just, I wanna ask you a couple things in challenging you guys. Number one, those of you who were here last week, did you pray? Don't raise your hands, it's okay. If you prayed every day, awesome, gold star, great job. If you found a few days to pray, that's really good and, and continue to challenge yourself. And maybe you weren't even here and was like, I didn't even know I was supposed to, that's okay. I'm not here to guilt you, but I am here to continue to challenge you to say, if you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus as your savior, I, I really challenge you to pray every single day. Find time to do it every single day. It is so important in your walk with God. So that's my first challenge for you. But my second challenge is, whose kingdom has you, have you been bringing into the world? If you're being really honest, whose kingdom have you been focused on in your life? Because the average person, and I'll be honest with myself, if I don't keep myself in check, I will start focusing on my own kingdom. And then I will start to get really stressed out and I'll start to get anxious and defensive because now I got to defend my kingdom. I got to make sure no one takes from my kingdom. But when I'm focused on God's kingdom, he protects it. He advances it. I don't have to carry any of that because it's not my kingdom to start with. I don't have to protect it. And so today, I just want to pray over you guys before we close. Would you stand so I can just pray a blessing over you? Lord, I thank you for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you that that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring your kingdom into the world for your will to be done. And Lord, I understand that that starts with your kingdom ruling in our lives, Lord, because now we can bring it out into the world. And so I pray first for each of us that we give over control to you, that you have sovereignty over our lives, meaning what you say goes in our lives, Lord God. And I pray that we do that joyfully, Lord, not, not out of obligation, not out of fear, but joyfully because we understand how good of a king you are, that you are, you are the good king who rules perfectly and we can trust you. And so God, I pray that for each of us, we are able to say, God, what you say goes in my life. My life is your kingdom. And then God, I pray that you show each of us how to bring that kingdom into the world where everywhere we go, everywhere our feet touch, that we spill your kingdom out into the world, Lord God, that people can see what it looks like for you to be sovereign, what it looks like in the life of a person, Lord, in the way that we talk, in the way that we act, Lord, in the way that we listen, in every little action of our life, we are showing the world what your kingdom looks like. And we're proclaiming to people that they, they can touch your kingdom too. 
And Lord, I just, I ask for your help in this. I pray that you take the pressure off of everyone here, Lord God, that's worked so hard in trying to build their kingdom and protect their kingdom, Lord, and, and, and they feel the weight and the responsibility and they're trying to get the right results and the right outcomes, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you free them to simply have your kingdom rule in their life and proclaim your kingdom in the world, Lord, and that that's enough because ultimately it's your will and your kingdom that does it all, Lord. And I pray that there's that freedom that we each feel in our lives. And I pray that we're able to, to every day center ourselves on your kingdom, that that's why we live our life, Lord God. We pray this in your name, amen.